Hello, and welcome to the Renick Centre podcast. We are back from a brief hiatus, and today we are speaking with Two, an interpreter who works with our very own Andrew Kendrick, who has been a frequent guest on the podcast. Two shares some ideas on how we can work with an interpreter and what we can and cannot ask them to do in a session with us and our families. We hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome for another Rennick Centre podcast. We've had a little bit of a hiatus over the spring holidays and we are back for the summer series. My name's Trudy Smith and I'm the manager of Continuing Professional Education. You'll recall earlier in the series, we spoke to Andrew Kendrick about working with interpreters and we are so delighted to have the interpreter with us today. Too, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? In particular, how did you get into interpreting? Oh, hi, Trudy um, and everyone. My name is Tu Hua and um, I'm actually the interpreter working in this interpreting field for about um, 10 years now. And um, what actually got me into this profession is also a very interesting one. To be honest, my eldest daughter is a child with um, disability as well. Um, she got severe um, psoriasis. So um, that's, um, she actually was the one who actually um, drove me into this um, profession because I thought at that time um, doing interpreting would be um, giving me the um, time and the chance to uh, work together with um, taking care of her. Um, however, the, um, the more that I actually um, into this profession, the more that I actually um, love the um, uh, my job because um, uh, with uh, working with all the uh, the professionals um, it's actually you know very uh, you can see that very helpful to the families um, when after, shortly after starting my um, uh, interpreting uh, profession I actually uh, tends to uh, specialize myself in um, disability, interpreting in disability and legal. Um, and uh, once again, it's my daughter that actually, you know, got me into this profession, Judy. <laughs> <laughs> yep, it always comes down to families, doesn't it? <laughs> okay. and, um, just a bit more um, about myself is that I'm actually holding a certified um, interpreter, um, NATI approved um, level. Um, so it used to be called level three, but now uh, because of the new system, it's actually changed to um, certified um, uh, level. And um, I actually have been working with um, our RDBC teams, I think for about five years now, uh, especially with um, our Liverpool office. So, um, and uh, I, we, you know, we grow a very strong bond uh, with a the therapist together with um, the families. Yep. And could you tell me a bit about that too? So when you work with families and the therapist, with clients who don't speak English, mm. what's your role as the interpreter? Um, a role of the interpreter is to break down any cultural uh, misunderstanding firstly, and uh, secondly, and also the very important uh, and one is that we have to interpret fully and accurately of what is said to the best of our ability. And um, we, as me personally, are actually working very closely with the therapist together with the families to make um, sure that, you know, the session uh, effective. 
Um, however, as a, an interpreter, um, I also need to abide by the code of ethics, uh, which means that, you know, uh, for impartiality, we just have to uh, abide to that principle by not providing any um, any of the uh, comments or voice any person uh, personal opinions. And it's one of the reasons why the professionals um, engage the um, uh, interpreters from interpreting agencies because um, uh, the confidentiality and increasity um, must be uh, must not be compromised. Sure, and and I think that that qualification is so important when people are wanting to work with an interpreter that we start with that agency and look for that qualification. So, what can a teacher or a therapist help do to help you prepare for a lesson? Should they? Is it helpful to see a lesson plan and the activity goals? What kind of information should a, a teacher or therapist be giving you to help you prep? Um, well, the, um, with the interpreters, the, the, one of the most important things is we need to be briefed, especially with the um, uh, families with high needs. Because with that briefing, we actually would be struggling to follow um, the session, especially if it's not the, the beginning of the first one. Um, therefore, briefing to an interpreter is very important. So um, it would be very much appreciated if the professionals can, you know, provide the briefing prior to the lesson starting, Trudy. Mm -hmm. Sure. And would that include things like the goals that you're working towards, the kind of games you're going to play, that kind of information? Correct. Uh, apart from that, um, a little bit of the family background is also uh, very helpful, like, you know, about, especially about the child. So uh, we actually can also prepare, like, you know, to, in order to uh, uh, sort of like, you know, control the, um, uh, the, uh, the session in terms of communication. Like sometimes uh, having a child with um, disability is not an easy thing. And I actually been there and done that. <laughs> Therefore, such, you bring such I, a unique perspective actually, to your job. Yeah, it's actually, um, now it actually helps a lot because um, that is where my passion grows from, you know, uh, experiencing and, you know, being through all the difficulties up and down times having a child with disability. And uh, therefore I actually think that is very important um, to know a bit of the background of, uh, you know, the family so that um, we, because sometimes the um, interpreters need to guide the, um, the non-English speaking parents back to the track. Otherwise, you know, um, we would actually just, um, you know, lost our way. Sure. So I wonder, we, you, your, your role is to interpret what the professional is saying as well as what the family is saying back to the professional. Is it appropriate to ask you to tell us what the child is saying in terms of if they're using Vietnamese, for example, what, what's, what, how does that word sound? Are there missing sounds? Are you able to give us that information? Um, interpreters needs to interpret everything that is said in the room, regardless of, um, you know, where it actually comes from or which party it comes from, including the child, truly. Um, and also, expect, uh, therefore, we, our job is, once again, um, we actually convey messages or, you know, instructions or information from the professionals to the parents, as well as 
um, uh, you know, whatever the, the parents um, questions to the professional. However, if the child actually saying either a matter in Vietnamese or English, it's actually our job to convey all those as well, because everyone needs to be kept in the loop. Yeah. We actually do not leave anyone out, yeah. um, especially with the parents and child interaction therapy sessions. Um, with those, we, as an interpreter, I need to constantly interpret it amongst the parents to the child and vice versa, and then the professional. Uh, you know, in other words, everyone has to be in the loop. Absolutely. Thank you for that. Are there things we shouldn't ask an interpreter to do for us, like sing a song or play games with us? Personally, please do not ask me to make coffee. <laughs> Surely people I, don't ask you to make coffee. I That's am a horrible coffee maker, Trudy. <laughs> so warn you guys first. I don't mind doing it, but just be mentally prepared. I was thinking so more I, playing games, singing songs. Those yeah, are the yeah, kinds I of things. Love, I would love to. Right. I, I think that we all know that... Um, a child um, is, you know, with disability, they are actually very shy. Mm. Most of them are very shy and um, they actually very like cautious about stranger and all that. And uh, I just would like to uh, mention something else about that. It's one of the advantage and a good thing of trying to keep the same interpreter for the session as much as we can because um, it's actually helping for the session to flow more, much more smoothly and uh, much more effectively. Because um, normally when we first start, um, it takes us at least a few sessions for the child to get used to the room, the professional, uh, the interpreter. Um, and uh, that's why, you know, if the interpreter is changed every session, it would make the child, it would make it very difficult for the child because um, he needs or he or she needs time to warm up. However, as an interpreter, I think that especially with working with our team at RDBC, I think that being part of the session is very important. And therefore, even that I'm a horrible singer as well, may I say, <laughs> I still sing, I still dance, I still participate in all of the activities in order to make it uh, like, you know, it's like very natural for the child to um, see that I am actually part of mm -hmm. the session as well, apart from, you know, parents and the professional. And therefore, yes, Trudy, definitely. Okay. I sing, I dance, and I think that, um, you know, it's actually the best way that an interpreter actually can help. Absolutely. You are part of the team around the child. I love it. Definitely. Yeah. So what are the challenges? The challenges. Okay. Firstly, traveling. Mm -hmm. um, as an interpreter, you know, when we, we have to travel, sometimes we're actually in the city and then the next one we're in Liverpool or, you know, back to Cabramatta and sometimes we come to North Rocks, uh, mm -hmm. North Rocks office as well. Um, therefore, um, sometimes it's actually a, a really a, a challenge because we need to make sure that we're on time. We're actually not running late or, you know, to our next one and all that. And um, second one is um, the one that I sometimes I actually uh, find it difficult as well is trying to control my emotion, mm -hmm. um, especially when attending sessions with a professional, um, you know, with a family with a, a, a high needs uh, a child. So I always have to remind myself that I'm having my interpreting cap on 
So I'm an interpreter. I'm not a support, you know, person or anyone else. Therefore, I just, um, you know, try to be as, um, you know, focused as I can so that I can do my job to my best. Sure. Yeah. Yep. Okay. But you've been doing this for 10 years. There must be rewards. <laughs> oh, yeah. I still, you know, I still have at least another 10 years to go, Trudy. <laughs> I'm sure Andrew is delighted to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me the rewards. What are the rewards for you other than relationships and the chance to work with great therapists like Andrew Kendrick? Oh, yeah. He's one of the best, may I say. Um, look, um, the, um, the most reward one is that um, we can see the result. Um, may I say that, you know, I really enjoy working with our RGBC team, especially our Liverpool team, because every single time when I'm here doing my job, I actually can see that the professionals are always great and so effective, efficient, should I say. Um, you, they, they always... I can see that, you know, they always work with their heart and um, you actually can see that um, the parents really, really appreciate, you know, the, the work that the professionals, our professionals have been providing. And uh, the most um, precious time that I actually very enjoy and always looking forward to is that the beaming on the parents face and the professionals when a child starting to verbally communicate. One day he actually just suddenly started to pour out all what he actually has been absorbing in the last few months, you know, and thanks to Andrew for his hard work. And uh, mum was, you know, th th that day, I still remember until now, mum actually was very emotional and, you know, she actually was teary and you know so happy that Austin actually started like verbally communicate um, and therefore I think that um, it's actually you know all the work uh, the, the hard work actually has been paid off truly and I really enjoy every single moment of it. I think you've gotten us a little bit emotional as well with that story <laughs> but to look it's been well, such, yeah. actually one of the the um uh, the moment that I always is always in my mind and it's actually sort of like my motivation of you know keep carrying on and uh, you know doing this job and uh, just try to be um, a good interpreter as much as i can thank you too it's been such a delight talking with you and we appreciate you sharing your knowledge and as an organization we're grateful for your support as well so thank you so much for your time um, you are welcome and i wish you all the best as well a huge thank you to Tu for speaking with us at the Renwick Centre podcast. If you have any questions for Tu or for any of our guests on the podcast, please reach out to us via the Short Courses website contact page, shortcourses.radbc.org.au or via our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Centre.